Today is the 15th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian, and uh, of course, every day is a joy and a pleasure uh, to, to be here with you and in your presence and, uh, uh, and in the presence of our brothers and sisters all over the world. And we lovingly call this, uh, this activity the Global Campfire. Uh, and I, I don't really know where that started. Honestly, it just kind of started a few years ago. I guess I was just sitting here right in front of the mic, just picturing us all coming in out of the cold, you know, because we begin the year, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere in the winter time. And so we're just coming out of the cold and, you know, it can be dark and cold out there and to be able to come in and warm yourself with friends and know that you're not alone, know that this journey isn't a solitary endeavor, that we're in this together. That just, uh, I guess it just kind of caught on from there. And so, uh, through another log on the global campfire and off we go and man here we are halfway this is like the halfway point of the first month of the year and it happens just like that because it was just christmas right like it just was christmas but this is time just kind of moves and before we know it we'll we'll be in another season and the year will will move by and we'll realize just how much god's word is speaking into our lives and just how profoundly it is affecting the way we make our decisions. And that happens day by day, step by step around this global campfire. So uh, let's dive in. We're reading from the New Living Translation this week. Today, Genesis chapter 31, verse 17 through 32, verse 12, and uh, reminding you we're following the story of Jacob and his wives and their children and uh, they want to leave and head back to Jacob's homeland and uh, so there's some drama brewing Genesis chapter 31 so Jacob put his wives and children on camels and he drove all his livestock in front of him he packed all the belongings he had acquired in Paddan Aram and set out for the land of Canaan, where his father Isaac lived. At the time they left, Laban was some distance away, shearing his sheep. Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Jacob outwitted Laban, the Aramean, for they set out secretly and never told Laban they were leaving. So Jacob took all his possessions with him and crossed the Euphrates River, heading for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he gathered a group of his relatives and set out in hot pursuit. He caught up with Jacob seven days later in the hill country of Gilead. But the previous night, God had appeared to Laban the Aramean in a dream and told him, I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. Laban caught up with Jacob as he was camped in the hill country of Gilead, and he set up his camp not far from Jacob's. What do you mean by deceiving me like this? Laban demanded. How dare you drag my daughters away like prisoners of war? Why did you slip away secretly? Why did you deceive me? And why didn't you say you wanted to leave? I would have given you a farewell feast with singing and music, accompanied by tambourines and harps. 
Why didn't you let me kiss my daughters and grandchildren and tell them goodbye? You have acted very foolishly. I could destroy you. But the God of your father appeared to me last night and warned me, leave Jacob alone. I can understand your feeling that you must go and your intense longing for your father's home. But why have you stolen my gods? I rushed away because I was afraid, Jacob answered. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. But as for your gods, see if you can find them and let the person who has taken them die. And if you find anything else that belongs to you, identify it before all these relatives of ours and I will give it back. But Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the household idols. Laban went first into Jacob's tent to search there, then into Leah's, and then the tents of the two servant wives, but he found nothing. Finally, he went into Rachel's tents, but Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them in her camel saddle. But now she was sitting on them, when Laban had thoroughly searched her tent without finding them, she said to her father, Please, sir, forgive me if I don't get up for you. I'm having my monthly period. So Laban continued his search, but he could not find the household idols. Then Jacob became very angry, and he challenged Laban. What's my crime? he demanded. What have I done wrong to make you chase after me as though I were a criminal? You have rummaged through everything I own. Now show me what you found that belongs to you. Set it out here in front of us, before our relatives, for all to see. Let them judge between us. For twenty years I have been with you, caring for your flock. In all that time, your sheep and goats never miscarried. In all those years, I never used a single ram of yours for food. If any were attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass and asked you to reduce the count of your flock. No, I took the loss myself. You made me pay for every stolen animal whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through cold and sleepless nights. Yes, for twenty years I slaved in your house. I worked for fourteen years earning your two daughters and then six more years for your flock and you changed my wages ten times. In fact, if the God of my father had not been on my side, the God of Abraham and the fearsome God of Isaac, you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen your abuse and my hard work. That is why he appeared to you last night and rebuked you. Then Laban replied to Jacob, These women are my daughters. These children are my grandchildren, and these flocks are my flocks. In fact, everything you see is mine. 
But what can I do now about my daughters and their children? So come, let's make a covenant, you and I, and it will be a witness to our commitment. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a monument. Then he told his family members, gather some stones. So they gathered stones and piled them in a heap. Then Jacob and Laban sat down beside the pile of stones to eat a covenant meal. To commemorate the event, Laban called the place Jagar Sahaduta, which means witness pile in Aramaic. And Jacob called it Gelid, which means witness pile in Hebrew. Then Laban declared, This pile of stones will stand as a witness to remind us of the covenant we have made today. This explains why it was called Galid, or witness pile. But it was also called Mitzpah, which means watchtower. For Laban said, May the Lord keep watch between us to make sure that we keep this covenant when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you marry other wives, God will see it, even if no one else does. He is a witness to this covenant between us. See this pile of stones, Laban continued, and see this monument I have set between us. They stand between us as witnesses of our vows. I will never pass this pile of stones to harm you, and you must never pass these stones or this monument to harm me. I call on the God of our ancestors, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of my grandfather Nahor, to serve as judge between us. So Jacob took an oath before the fearsome God of his father, Isaac, to respect the boundary line. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice to God there on the mountain and invited everyone to a covenant feast. After they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early the next morning and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. As Jacob started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, This is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir in the land of Edom. He told them, Give this message to my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now I have been living with Uncle Laban, and now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep and goats, and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messengers to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household, along with the flocks and herds and camels, into two groups. He thought, 
If Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised me, I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. O oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me, along with my wives and children. But you promised me, I will surely treat you kindly, and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. Matthew 10, 24 through 11, 6. Students are not greater than their teacher, and slaves are not greater than their master. Students are to be like their teacher, and slaves are to be like their master. And since I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons, the members of my household will be called by even worse names. But don't be afraid of those who threaten you, for the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. 
If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Anyone who receives you receives me. And anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his twelve disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Psalm 13 For the choir director, a psalm of David. O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Proverbs 3, 16 through 18. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly.
Okay, so in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, we're following the story of Jacob, who, uh, well, we, we don't have to review every little detail of the story because we've just read it in the last couple of days, but he's on his way back to his homeland. And we need to remember that he had to flee from his homeland, right? Because he's the one that stole his brother's birthright. And then uh, he and his mother kind of colluded to get this family blessing. So when Esau, the older brother, finds out what has happened... Jacob has to run for his life. And Esau decides, like, after I'm done mourning my father, I'm going to kill my brother, right? So, like, they have to separate each other, uh, uh, separate from each other. And so it's been a couple of decades now. So that's, you know, some time for this to all, uh, all cool off. But Jacob doesn't know. I mean, the last thing he knew was that his brother wanted to kill him. But he doesn't really have a great scenario where he's at with his uh, father-in-law, Laban, because Laban, I mean, Jacob and Laban, they both have been, like, tricking each other. And we can't forget that Jacob's a bit of a trickster himself. I mean, he did he did get the birthright from Esau, right? He did get the family blessing under trickery, and he did have to run away for it. Uh, so Laban's kind of given him his t- taste of his own medicine, but there's no future there, and God is calling him to go back to his, f- his his father. So what we saw in today's reading was this man and his his wives and his family and the, you know, their whole entourage leaving uh, secretly to try to do just that. And in a very very short time, we have Jacob and his family in the middle of a pretty nasty situation that could turn really volatile really fast and destroy them all. Because behind him, he's got his father-in-law Laban and their family. And surely they're going to figure out that that he's gone. So they're going to come in pursuit. But out in front of him, he's got his brother Esau, who also wanted to do him harm. So he's kind of like in between two bad situations. And uh, you may find yourself in this similar position in life. And we see uh, Jacob kind of responding in a very, very human way, in a way that we would understand. Uh, I mean, Laban does arrive, and there is a pretty big confrontation, and uh, Jacob is is able to kind of unload some of the things that he's been carrying around. And in the end, a monument is set up, a covenant is entered into, and they have, have uh, agreed that they will not pass that boundary line with the intent of hurting each other. So, uh, you know, so Jacob's able to navigate and find favor in that situation that was behind him, the one haunting him from his past, as it were. But he's still got this future out in front of him, which is a big circle from the very distant past, his brother. And uh, so he sends word just to sort of test the temperature. And the next thing he knows, his brother's riding toward him with 400 uh, mercenaries. And that's kind of where we're left today. So, like, let's get it really clear that um, in biblical times, these people didn't just uh, float around, you know, foot off the ground with halos and, you know, like they actually had to face some pretty difficult things and as we do so we can look into these stories and say okay yeah i mean proverbially i got the same thing going on i got something behind me i got something before me i feel like i'm caught in the middle i've got to navigate this uh probably not to the extreme of jacob and we get to watch jacob navigate and learn from it 
Then we get into the book of Matthew and Jesus is saying some pretty provocative stuff. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your household. <sighs> okay, so what happened to loving, loving baby Jesus in a manger and peace on earth and goodwill towards men? Like, Christmas hasn't hardly worn off. What is this? What we have to begin to realize uh, about Jesus' message and Jesus' way is that he, he is fundamentally reminding human beings what they were created to be. And he is living a life as a full human being, certainly the Son of God as we believe, fully divine, but also fully human as the scriptures teach us. And so we're looking at Jesus and we're seeing a person like people are supposed to be, like what they were created to be, uh, without the black weight of, of sin involved. And uh, when light comes into the darkness, certainly the darkness flees, right? But the shadows are cast and it's like a cosmic battle uh, because mankind had been uh, spending its time trying to organize itself in such a way that it could be its own God, which is what we saw uh, as we started this story back in the book of Genesis chapter three with the fall of man and the trade like eating that fruit gave mankind the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, but what mankind lost in the trade was an intimate fellowship with God. And so mankind became very evil, but uh, tried to use the knowledge of, of good and evil to become its own God. Well, when God shows up in the middle of that story, then we're talking about the clash of kingdoms. And uh, people are notoriously famous for not wanting to give up their freedom of choice and will. And yet that is exactly what that is what the Jesus message is. And so you may be kind of taking this journey this year, first time through the Bible, uh, just kind of wanting to understand what it is actually saying so you can determine whether or not you want to follow this path or not. This is fundamentally the Jesus way, is that there is a better way of being a human being, one that is restored to the way that human beings were supposed to live. And we get to watch that in the person of Jesus, but we also notice uh, that those with uh, power and influence only feel exposed by Jesus. like. They, they can't cozy up to Jesus and get him to collude with them because he won't, because he's pure, because he's true and he can't be bought. We're watching a person live in this world true. And everywhere he goes, it disrupts what is false, even to the point of dividing family. So the scriptures tell us there's a narrow path that leads to life and only a few find it. And those who do disrupt things. Uh, and all you have to do is kind of just think about it. Think about, okay, what if I were absolutely true? Like, what if there were no falseness in me? 
When we start thinking about that, we realize that all of the ways that we relate to each other has a falseness to it. We are presenting an image so that we can all find a way to get along, but we have an inner monologue of things that are really going on that we wouldn't, uh, that we wouldn't let out. And some of that's because we wouldn't let out the embarrassing dark thoughts that we have. But what if we didn't have any darkness either? Right. So what if we weren't hiding anything because there wasn't anything to hide and everything that we did, everything about us was true. Everyone knew exactly who we really are and that that was good. Like that was true and good. Well, then uh, then we would be Christ like right. Then we would be like Christ and we think, well, that kind of person could really lead people into the truth. That kind of person really Uh, That kind of a leader would really, really pull us forward, but that's not how it worked out for Jesus, right? Those in power and authority killed him. The darkness does not want the light uh, because you can't hide in the light. And so understand that as we take this journey and truly give ourselves over to allowing a relationship with God, an intertwining of spirits, a transformation from within us so that so that we are experiencing actual life, not a fabricated version full of stuff that we have to maintain, but actual life, then that is not going to just disrupt us. Uh, That is going to disrupt everything around us. And so, Father, we pray for wisdom. As we continue to take these steps forward, it's... uh, It's intriguing to understand that the life that we want, the truth that we want, the way that we want to walk into life with you, our hearts cry for this. But as the layers begin to get peeled back, we begin to understand following this way on the narrow path that leads to life will be costly and will cost us everything that we think we are. Because everything that we have been is changing into everything that we are in you. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come. We're here at the beginning of the year and you're testing our motivations. You're revealing our hearts to ourselves. You are allowing us to see things as they really are. And we are swept into this. We are pulled forward. So Holy Spirit, show us how to navigate with your wisdom, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website, it's home-based, it's where you find out what's going on around here. Uh, So be sure to stay connected and uh, check it out. Uh, Check out the Daily Audio Bible resources that are in the Daily Audio Bible shop. Uh, visit the prayer wall at dailyaudiobible.com or in the app. Pray for your brothers and sisters around the world. Or maybe you need your brothers and sisters to pray for you. This is a community that, that prays for each other and shoulders one another's burdens. And so the prayer wall is certainly one of the places to do that. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link on the homepage. Uh, and it just it just lives there. 
If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, this is Sherry running to God. I just listened to the January 9th reading and I believe it just has stirred my my heart, my soul. I, I think I'm starting to question um, if I really know God. Brian said, do we there's a difference between knowing uh, know someone and actually knowing them. And I wonder now if I really know God and am in a relationship with me. So now because I've listened more to and taken more time to sit and actually listen to the Daily Audio Bible, questions are starting to arise. Please pray for me that my faith grows strong and that I don't have to question anymore because I am in a relationship with God and I do know Him. Thanks. Hey family, this is Linda from New Hampshire. Um, this stuff is really hitting the fan here right now as I call in. Uh, my son and daughter-in-law are really, really, really fighting. Uh, I live with them. Uh, my daughter-in-law had a lot to drink. Uh, there was a previous betrayal and um, on my son's part and she's just having a really bad time right now and um, I mean I'm just actually concerned for the safety of my grandson Dylan and Oliver and I just need to know that there's somebody out there praying and I know God doesn't look at time he isn't restricted by time um, I gotta go to work tomorrow and I'm here. it's 11.24 and the fighting's been going on for about 25 minutes. Um, I don't even know what to say right now. It's, um, it's beyond sad. It's, it's beyond tragic and I don't know what to do. Um, she's really, really, really hurt just from her family of origin issues and then the betrayal, uh, oh my God, please just, um, please keep them in, in your prayer. I know you all do. <laughs> I keep thinking I'm going to call in and fill you guys in on where I'm at in life, and I keep wanting to say it's better and stuff like this happens. I love you all. Thank you. Hey, good morning, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Debbie in Des Moines. Um, heading to work, one of my last few days before I start my new journey. But I, I actually called for a couple couple things. Number one, as I call, you're going to find that I'm not eloquent. I'm not one of those people who, who speak well. I stumble over my words. I sound like a dork. 
you know, but you know what? God loves me anyway, and so does the family. So I want to encourage those who don't call because because you're like me. <laughs> or call in anyway. We love we love you. Call in, call in, call in. Uh, but the second thing is, I wanted to let you um, ask for prayer for my grandson. Uh, those who know me know that I've been raising him since he was a infant. He is now nine years old. He's sport ordered. He has to go do overnights at his dad's uh, every other weekend. And uh, his dad's household is not just atheist, they're anti-God. I mean, they're, they're anti-God. It's not like they ignore God or anything. They're verbally anti-God. And my grandson, he's soft-hearted, prays for people, and uh, he has been having nightmares because his dad plays uh, really bad movies, like scary movies. And it gives him nightmares. And there's nothing I can do really about it. So I ask for your prayers for my grandson, Trent. Um, I love him so much. And I want his little mind to be at peace. And I just thank God that he is a little warrior. And we pray through things together. But I, I, I covet your prayers for his peace of mind. I love you, family. Bye. Hi, um, yeah, it's Michael calling from the from London, UK. Today is Friday the 11th of January 2019. Uh, yeah, I've been listening to the Daily Order Bible for about a couple of years now. Um, yeah, and I'm really enjoying listening to it. Like, I think it's an amazing uh, blessing that Brian and Jill uh, have brought, brought for us. Um, the fact you've been doing 14 years, you know, that's even, even more incredible. Um, yes, I'd like to say hi to everyone at Daily Audio Bible and all the listeners um, that I believe I'm now a part of. Um, yeah, and yeah, so basically a little bit about me. I'm, I'm an actor, but I'm also a qualified occupational therapist. I work with those with, uh, you know, mental health issues, um, but I'm also part of, a, uh, part of an amazing uh, church, Hillsong, in London. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can maybe pray for you guys and it'd be great if you could pray for me, uh, you know, anxiety issues. Um, yeah, and anything around, um, yeah, trying to juggle kind of acting and OT because I've got pressure from agent as well as obviously, you know, trying to be the best that I can be um, in that as well. Um, apologies about any background noise. I am driving at the moment, driving to work. Um, yeah, so... Hope to hear from you guys soon, and yeah, I'll try and make this a bit more of a kind of regular occurrence, uh, you know, rather than just kind of praying when, you know, as and when I need, because, uh, you know, there's some really great guys uh, and girls on, on here. Um, you know, I love the encouraging words that different people say over each other. I think it's amazing you can have this online community of people that probably haven't all necessarily met each other in person, but at least uh, online, you know, you can, as Brian says, not feel alone in the things that, you're, that we're all going through. Okay, all right, take care for now. Um, yep, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.